So a quick announcement about what the next... I can tell you right now what the next 10 episodes of Patreon will be. Yes. If you are going to sign up for our Patreon, every level gets a bonus episode. Yes, that is correct. And the bonus episodes are going to be... All hairspray. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, they're going to be our top five movies each. Yep. So... Two Drink Cinemas top, top 10, 10 movies. movies. So we've realised this many episodes in that we haven't reviewed any of our favourites yet. So we're going to review them for bonus episodes on the Patreon. Yeah. And the first one's going to be... Hairspray. So, listeners, jump onto our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash two drink cinema, if you want to get our bonus episodes and hear our reviews of our favourites. Yes. Two drinks in a mile. Jeez. Welcome to Two Drink Cinema, two brothers reviewing movies two drinks at a time. I am Lee and that is Brett. Hello. I feel like I should have come up with some clever kind of way of introducing you something really poetic and descriptive and yeah no that's just because we watch wes anderson yeah normal words don't seem good enough he's very good at writing things is wes anderson we have just come from cinema nova where we saw a what is for melbourne a gala preview screening of the french dispatch the first people to see it in Melbourne. But some of the last people to see it in the world. Yeah. Uh, But here we are reviewing it. So like we did with uh, No Time to Die, we can talk generally first and then spoilers. Yeah, this has spoilers. Not that they're really like, they're not, oh my God, stories. No. But we'll talk generally first about it before we then get into the more spoiler section but there will be spoilers at some point during this review so if you haven't seen it uh, which most people won't have then yes we well then you should be aware that there will be spoilers yes hang on So if you are listening the day the podcast is released and you haven't seen it, save it in your queue for later. Yes. If you are coming back after it's been released in your part of the world, yes, which it may have already been unless you're in <laughs> Melbourne, <laughs> yeah, uh, then keep listening. We did take a listener with us. We did, a number one fan. Yes, Katie Lee uh, came with us to see it, and she's a big Wes Anderson fan, so she will be able to listen to this episode on its release date. So the movie is The French Dispatch, a 2021 anthology film written, directed, and produced by Wes Anderson. Yeah. Yep. So you know, I've said that when we were in it, uh, or after it. It's just like, you know... It's Wes Anderson. Like it's, it's just typical Wes Anderson. It's the most Wes Anderson of any Wes Anderson film. Yes. Um, that I've seen. 
because as you said when we came out it's almost like he has this reputation of doing these style of movies and you so he to has to keep going and he has to go along the same lines and it has to be a little bit more Wes Anderson than Grand Budapest Hotel was, yeah. which had to be a bit more Wes Anderson than the one before that yeah, and the yeah, one yeah. before that. The first Wes Anderson film I thought of, I remember seeing, uh, was The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou mm-hmm. at the Sun Theatre. Uh, and Shane and I went to see it and we... I reckon we were the only ones in the whole cinema that laughed at the jokes. Yeah, right. Because they're very quirky, but it's also very straight. Yeah. Like they're not... It's not like... Joke written. They're not written as... They're not delivered as jokes. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of it is said quite quickly. Yes, so it's like if you, sometimes you'll miss it. But it's also within the scene and within the character, the joke comes. Yeah. Not like a joke line. Yeah, it's not like a punchline to yeah. a scene. Yeah. Um, so, yes, this is, if you go expecting, if you didn't enjoy the Royal Tenenbaums or... Yeah. Um, Darjeeling or Grand Budapest or any of them, don't go to see The French Dispatch. Yeah, you won't like it. You won't like it. If you didn't understand The Grand Budapest Hotel, well, there's not really that much to understand about this. I feel like... It's just nice. Wiz Anderson, a hundred years ago, would have been like the great American playwright. Yeah, yeah. Because, and particularly in this... This is three plays, I think. Yeah. Because it's three separate stories. It's what's called an anthology film, which I didn't know was a thing until I just read it on Wikipedia about the French Dispatch. (laughs) Yes. An anthology film on Wikipedia, also known as an omnibus film, package film, or portmanteau film. Well, if you think of an anthology series... Yes. Then it's it's three stories, four, four, three in a bit... It's a sub-genre of films consisting of several different short films often tied together by only a single theme, premise, or brief interlocking event. Yes. Often a turning point. Sometimes each one is directed by a different director. These Mm. differ from review films, such as Paramount on Parade, which were common in Hollywood in the early sound film era to show off their stars and related vaudeville-style acts. That's review spelled R-E-V-U-E. Yes. So uh, the single premise is the magazine known as The French Dispatch, which Wes Anderson has not been shy in saying is very directly inspired by The New Yorker. Yes. uh, Which is a magazine, obviously, from New York. Mm -hmm. But he's said it in France, but made it be made up of Americans. Yes. Because... 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 Tilda Swinton, Owen Wilson... Jason Schwartzman and Francis McDormand couldn't all do French accents. No. I, <laughs> and who else is he going to cast, really? I, I can't imagine Owen Wilson with an accent of any sort. 
other than yes. Owen Wilson. Whatever Owen Wilson's accent is. Tilda Swinton <laughs> could have. I realised in this film when Tilda Swinton was doing her mini movie. Yep. That she's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think I've quite rated her highly enough. I really don't think I've seen her in much. I've seen her in We Need to Talk About Kevin. She's very good in that. Mm -hmm. I've seen her in the Marvel movies, which she's good in, but I don't like her character. Right. But that's not because of her. That's because of the character. Uh, And then I've seen her, obviously, now in The French Dispatch. And she played, Katie Lee reminded us, she played the old lady in the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes. I haven't seen that for a very long time. Um, But outside of those ones, I probably couldn't tell you much of what she's been in, but... Seeing this after having recently seen her in the Marvel movies, I do want to go and see more of her in things. Snowpiercer, mm-hmm. uh, Suspiria. Michael Clayton. Um, and one that I just saw on her list, but just what uh, has left my mind for a moment. Oh, That's Hail great. Caesar. Oh, okay. Have you seen Hail Caesar? I have not seen Hail Caesar. I think I will go and see Hail, Hail Caesar. Hail Um, Cohen Brothers, so a bit quirky as oh. well. She's very good at the quirky. Everybody in this movie is very good at the quirky. Yes. Except Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson is Owen Wilson. Yeah. Owen and Wilson is Owen Wilson just with less punchlines. Yeah, it's just Owen Wilson on a bike. Four minutes. Yep. That's it. Yep. Um, the, the cast is, other than probably Owen Wilson, very good. He's, he's, he's good, but the problem with Owen Wilson is that he always sounds like Owen Wilson. Yep. So all I ever see is Owen Wilson. But uh, he his was the shortest little His was the shortest vignette. bit. And it's just compared to the rest of the the cast and the actors and their style, he doesn't really fit in. Like Although that. I feel like his little bit at first, the cycling reporter, is just kind of to set up where the they town are. Yeah. of Ennui. Yes. Like he is unapologetic, Wes Anderson, in this film, in just like taking the piss out of French words that we use in English. Like Ennui, uh, it's on a river that's called the River Blase. Yeah. yeah. The, the chef. In that little story is Nescafe. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he's just taken um, the piss out of words that we use um, that we have stolen from French. Yes. But the cast. So, we have an incredible cast, and I didn't know mm. a lot about the movie other than the premise of its stories from within this magazine. Um, so we've mentioned Francis McDormand, we've mentioned Tilda Swinton, Owen Wilson, uh, Bill Murray, of course. Uh, then we got Timothy Chalamet, Benicio del Toro, Adrian Brody, Mathieu Amalric, uh, Lena Coudry is very good. I didn't really know her before. Leah Sudeau, no. who we've seen just in No Time to Die. Yep. Jeffrey Wright, who we've just seen in No Time to Die. And then... So that's the main cast. No, well, it's <laughs> but none of them have more than 20 minutes screen time, yeah. I reckon. The one that has the most screen time, uh, the most content, 
is probably Tilda Swinton. I reckon Tilda Swinton and Adrian Brody have the most screen time, I reckon. Uh, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright's yeah, that's story true. is very one person. Um, but then this this is the supporting cast. Some of the names in this supporting cast are ridiculous, and none of them spend more than a total of one minute on the screen. Henry Winkler, Christoph Waltz, Jason Schwartzman is in one scene. Lee yeah. Schreiber, Sasa Ronan, uh, Tony Revolori, who we've seen in, obviously... Wes um, Anderson things before. Yes, Budapest yes. Hotel mainly. Um Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss is a big name, like she is the Handmaid's Tale, and she has three lines. Yeah. Um, Willem Dafoe has one line, maybe. Willem Dafoe has one line. Christoph Waltz maybe has two. Shersha Ronan has three. Henry Winkler and Bob Balaban have like three each. But they're in it. A, they're in it a bit, but they don't say anything. They're just like in the background yeah. when Adrian Brody's being Adrian Brody. And then like. Oscar winner Edward Norton. Does he want an Oscar? Nominee. He has nominee for the three billboards one, yeah? No. For um, Birdman. Oh, okay. And American History X. Oh, because he was very good. I really liked him in three billboards. I don't think he was in that. Was he? Yeah, I'm sure he was. Was he? Yeah, no, he was. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm getting him confused with... Edward Norton, I reckon, has two lines. Yeah, like that's a pretty big name cast to be. That's what I said after it as well. It's like he gets Shersha Ronan, yeah, and she's in it for five minutes. Yeah, he gets Elizabeth Moss, and she really doesn't do anything. No, she cries a bit. That's it. Like it's just yep. And then Angelica Houston. Does like the narrate thing at the start. Because we were like, well, this is our third Angelica Houston movie. Yeah. And now I'm not sure if it qualifies. Well, you don't see her. No. You, but I heard her talking straight away. I'm like, oh, that's Morticia. To the point of in this magazine that we got at the gala, great gala opening. Yes. Um, Thank you, Angelica. Again. She's just a An cartoon. Il- yeah, she's an illustration. <laughs> There's actually no Picture photo of her we in don't the movie. see her. And I feel like... Um, Cecil de France and uh, Guillaume Gallien, who play the parents of Timothy Chalamet. Yes. I feel like in France, their names. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's like Guillaume Gallien of the Comédie Française. Like if they, if he's got that behind you know his what? name. You know what? I almost thought that Cecil de France, mm. Cecil of France, um, from a different angle... And the way she spoke, I almost thought it was um, an Arquette. Oh, yeah. But not Patricia. The other, you know, the other one? Yeah, David. <laughs> Courtney Cox Arquette. Yeah, Courtney yeah. Cox Arquette. <laughs> no, the... Oh, oh the, um, the Stephen Baldwin of the Arquettes. Or the Luke Hemsworth of yeah, the Arquettes. Yeah, no. The, oh, <laughs> Rock Rosanna Arquette? Not the one in Bates Motel. I haven't seen that. The one in like whole nine yards. That's a deep dive. Okay. <laughs> the blonde one. Well, Patricia Arquette's blonde as well. Okay. The whole nine yards has in it. I hope it's her now that I've said that. Na- Natasha Henstrich. No. <laughs> um, okay. So it has Bruce Willis, <sighs> Matthew Perry, Rosanna Arquette. Rosanna Arquette. Yeah. She's not the one that's in Bates Motel. Okay. That okay. must be Patricia Arquette. So there's Rosanna. Okay, the Arquette family. 
Let's go. Well, we're while we're do, while we're going. While we're going, and um, no Arquette is in this movie, but we'll talk about the, the, the Arquette, Arquette siblings. Who are Alexis your favourite siblings in cinema, by the way? Oh gosh, um, Rosanna, anybody but Arquette. the Cusacks, apparently. You were allowed to like the Cusacks. So I don't, I don't Rosanna really. Arquette, David Arquette. Um, how many siblings are in the Arquette family? Rosanna, Richmond, Patricia, and Alexis. And David. Oh, yeah, and David. Yeah, so it wasn't Patricia Arquette. Um, But I thought it was for a moment. Jeez. Thanks for listening to Two Drink Cinema. If you'd like to support us further, head over to patreon.com slash twodrinkcinema. As a patron, you gain access to exclusive bonus episodes and can contribute to the making of Two Drink Cinema. The support of our patrons can help us go from a D-grade flop to a box office blockbuster. Patreon.com forward slash Two Drink Cinema. Cheers. So incredible, like Lee Schreiber as well. I don't think I mentioned him in the list before. He's very good. They're all very good. Yeah. Even Owen Wilson. Yes. And Lois in... Smith. Oh, yes. She's very As good. As the old lady. She's. I do like Lois Smith. The... Yeah, and Wes Anderson, as I've said, has not shied away from saying the inspiration... Of some of these characters. Yeah. Well, because he said it's he made it as like a, quote, love letter to journalists. Yeah. So Bill Murray, as Arthur Howitzer Jr., founder and editor of the French Dispatch, inspired in part by the New Yorker editors Harold Ross and William Sean. Um, Julian Cardazio, Adrian Brody, art dealer, inspired in part by Joseph Devine, subject of S. N. Berman's 1951 The New Yorker Profile, Francis McDormand as Lucinda Cremens, American journalist, inspired in part by Mavis Gallant, celebrated writer of innumerable short stories and author of the Paris Notebooks, Owen Wilson as Herb St. Césarac, writer and cyclist flaneur, Inspired in part by Joseph Mitchell, Luke Sant, and street photographer Bill Cunningham. So, like... And then the big one that people said is that um, Jeffrey Wright's character... Roebuck Wright. James Baldwin. Yes, inspired in part by A.J. Liebling, James Baldwin, and Tennessee Williams. And Tilda Swinton as J.K.L. Berenson, writer and lecturer. Inspired in part by Rosamond Bernier, writer, editor, and famous art talker. Art talker. Yeah. Right. In quotation marks. Art okay. talker. Right. A person that talks about art. Like we're movie talkers. Okay. Okay. But not reviewers. Maybe I should put that on our business cards. Movie talkers. Movie talkers. Um, the. It's funny. It's funny. And it's yeah. just, it's that typical Wes Anderson. Yep. Quirky funny. So it's like a little bit that it's just like funny because of. Somebody stands funny. Tilda Swinton especially did a yeah. bit. And what I noticed in this one more than I think I've noticed in other Wes Anderson movies is that, you know, she she will, like, say her little bit and then before it cuts to whatever the next thing is, she, does a she just, thing. like, nothing happens and she just, like, stands there for a bit and does a little weird funny pose. Yep. And then it goes. But at one point, she's just talking and she's very the full character 
Uh, and then she just goes, I will have my drink now. I will have my drink now. <laughs> and then she crouches down behind her lectern and just pours a glass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that will be me in the office tomorrow. Leah Sedu is very different character to what we saw in you, yeah. No Time to Die. You see a lot more of her in this. A, a Figuratory, more. figuratively and the metaphorically. And the ya-ya. The ya-ya pose and the ya-ya are in full view. Are out. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, is very good in it. Uh, yeah. and she, she does it. She's very like, she plays like a prison guard. So she's very like. Deadpan monochrome. Monotone. is monochrome because (laughs) a lot of it's in black and white. white. But then within that, there's still like a good range. Yeah. A lot of the story of Benicio Del Toro, which is the one that Leah Sedu is in, is almost silent movie-esque. Certainly the introduction to them um, is silent movie-esque. And I, I think as well as being a love letter to journalism, there's a whole list of films in this little magazine that we get, uh, which I don't know if everyone will get, um, recommended viewing. Like there's probably like 30 films on this list that go all the way back. Um, yeah. And include like Francis Ford Coppola and Roman Polanski, but go right all the way back and there's French and there's... That, you know, Hitchcock's the man who knew too much. The 1934, the original. Yeah. So before even he met um, James Stewart. So, yeah, there's all sorts of inspirations, um, both in the writing and in the filmography Yes. of this movie. Can I say something that annoyed me? Yeah. Uh, was it the person that got up to go to the toilet three times in the hour and 40-minute movie? That can be a, a side for later. Yes. Something about the movie okay, that annoyed yes. me. Just put it in French or English. Just choose one. I was okay with that. But it was weird because I didn't need to have a conversation with a French girl where I'm reading very small subtitles. And very quick subtitles. Very quick subtitles. Who is then having a conversation with Timothy Chalamet, who is speaking English. And he's even got a French name. His name is Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Like, make him speak French. But... Make him speak French. He's in France. But then it happened again with, like, French Girl and Frances McDormand. Yes. I don't, like... And it happened as well with Benicio Del Toro and Leah Sedu. A couple of times. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I get because they're French and the people like Timothy Chalamet and Francis McDormand are Americans that are in France. Timothy Chalamet is not. Timothy Chalamet, that's probably a flaw. Timothy Chalamet is the son of Mr. and Mrs. B who are French. They speak French to Francis his, McDormand. His name sounds like Italian. Um, what is his Zeffirelli name? Zeffirelli or something. Zeffirelli, yeah. He's weird. He does weird well. He'll always be a weird, quirky nerd guy. Yeah, until he actually grows up enough to be able to put on weight. I was going to say this is like four. This is like the fourth time Shersha Ronan and Timothy Chalamet have been in a movie together, but I don't know if I'd class this because they're not in the same no, part, part of the movie. Wikipedia says it's an ensemble cast, but I don't think that's the right categorization because... It's not. Like an ensemble cast is like 
you to have a scene that has Tilda Swinton and Jeffrey Wright and Owen Wilson and Adrian Brody and Vincio Del Toro in it. I think it's ensemble cast, though, because there's no lead. Yeah, even Bill Murray, who is the editor of the French Dispatch, I think he's on screen less than Adrian Brody and Tilda Swinton. You'd probably say he... You would probably say he's the lead, though, because he's across the whole thing. He's the connecting feature. But you don't need a lead. It's not a movie that has a lead character. The lead character is the French Dispatch. Oh, that's Or the town of Ennui. Ennui sur Blasé. In whatever time in history. 1975. This is, okay. I wasn't sure. I'm like, when are we? Yeah. It was, but then it was that thing you didn't really need to know. So the, the girl that's involved in the protest with C- Timothy Chalamet, she's Algerian. Oh, um, she speaks very good French. Yeah, well... Do they speak French in Algeria? Yeah, that's that's who took over them. Um, yeah, they were colonised by the French, Algeria. So she's been in French-speaking movies. She was very good. She is very good. Um, like L- Lena... I can't read that. What does that say? Lena Kudry. Right. She is good. Uh for as a young person as well. And her and Timothy Chalamet, when they're against each other, are very good. Yeah, they are. He, Timothy Chalamet. You know, it was weird watching it because obviously every Wes Anderson movie that gets made. Yes. It's like awards buzz. Ooh. Yeah. Um, obviously, mainly because of the look of it. It's stunning. Like cinematography um, and um, production design-wise, give them awards now, right? Yeah. Except maybe June. Sorry. June. June. Um, That's we will see shortly. Um, But I was thinking the acting maybe, I don't know. Well, because it's, it's... They're all small parts. Exactly. So, you know, if you had to pick a lead actor, well, it's you almost... For, well, for me, it's the people who get the most screen time, I think, are Jeffrey Wright and Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Which and are they're, probably... They're probably the two best. Well, and that's what I was going to say. The best acting is Tilda Swinton. Yeah, absolutely. then probably Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright, Wright, his voice is an incredible voice. Yeah. Which I knew already as Felix Leiter, but I haven't seen him do anything really other than Felix Leiter. I've seen him do this, Felix Leiter, and The Hunger Games. So it's like... Oh, The Hunger Games, yeah. <laughs> and yep. maybe something else. With the, There was a movie. Did it have Adrian Brody in it as well? And it was Cadillac Records. And Beyonce played Edda James. And Jeffrey Wright was someone. So Jeffrey Wright's top four. Wow, that this is a terrible top four. Oh no! Okay, <laughs> The Hunger James Mockingjay. Yeah. Okay, a film with Bill Murray that is not The French Dispatch and is not a Wes Anderson one. I don't think. Right. Broken Flowers. Never heard of it. Uh, the Manchurian Candidate. And Shaft. 
Shaft. Yes. Right. Samuel L. Jackson Shaft. Oh. Um, Westworld. Muddy Waters. He plays Muddy Waters in the movie Cadillac Records, starring Adrian Brody and Beyonce. Okay. So he's been with Bill Murray before. He's been with Adrian Brody before, even though he's not really with Adrian Brody in this no. one. He's been with Leah before, even though he's not with her in either of the two movies we've recently no, watched no. them in. He was the voice. He was he narrated a Sam Cooke documentary. Yeah, I could imagine that. He's a very good narrator. Uh, is he the narrator? Is he the narrator you get if um, Morgan Freeman's unavailable? He's like the next generation. Yeah. You know how, like, you know, Tony Jones reads the news if Peter Hitchener's oh. off? <laughs> yeah, okay. And then we know that when Peter Hitchener retires, Tony Jones is going to be yeah. the main nine yes. news anchor. Yeah. That's what's coming in the future for Jeffrey Wright, which I'm okay with. Yeah, I'm, totally I'm fine okay with, that. with that. He's a very good, he's a good actor. He was very good in this. I will take offense to the fact that he says gays aren't good at directions. Oh, I'm damn good at reading a map. Yeah. Let me tell you, I could I could read a Melways like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, when Melways were a thing. Yes. Speaking of maps, for some reason Google Maps, um, and I don't want to, you know, speak ill of our. You're gonna harp on our controllers, Google, because <laughs> um, they're listening. But some reason Google Maps decided that for me to get to the north of the city. At six o'clock, it would be a good idea to take me right through the middle of the CBD yeah. at 20 past five on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah. So, whereas I last weekend drove into the city yeah. and fucked myself over by going up the wrong street. Yes, you didn't follow Google Maps. I didn't have any maps. I just went off my whims. Yes. Well, if I'd gone off my whims, I would have probably gone on an even worse Direction. Oh, well, six at one, really, anyway. Yeah, true. We'll do a separate episode about your travels to <laughs> cinemas. Travel. I'll do my own little travel journeys, like uh, the travel journeys of the people in the French Dispatch. I thought that, um, getting back to acting. Yes. Um, all the acting was good. Yes. Um, Benicio Del Toro was good. If not, kind of one note. He was very Benicio del Toro. Timothy Chalamet was very good. Being Timothy Chalamet in France this time instead of in Italy. Yes. Um, like in Call Me by Your Name. Instead of in the desert, like in June. Yeah. I don't know if he's some sort of nerdy character in June as well. I think he's the weedy little. Not the weedy, but he's not the confident. He's the runt of the litter. Yeah, is he? Okay. Yeah, I think so. From what I've seen in the trailer, you know, the other thing that was weird as well in the in the Jeffrey in the Jeffrey Wright story, if yes. we're calling it that. Um, just let's do this in bit. The private dining room of the police commissioner is yes. the name of that story. Let's do this bit in cartoon. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was a bit like cartoon. It's a bit like, you know, they needed to give Terry Gilliam something to yeah, do. I was so. gonna <laughs> say that. I was gonna say it was a bit um it was a bit Monty Python, how there's just randomly cartoon, but I understand why. Maybe Wes was on a budget and no, couldn't well, do it with Probably also in magazines they have cartoons. Yeah, well that yeah. He do, he does say that one, that at one bit with something. Yep. 
Um, so yeah, we had the cycling reporter, which is Owen Wilson, telling the story of around town, uh, and him being Owen Wilson doing that. The concrete masterpiece is Tilda Swinton's telling of Benicio del Toro's story. Yeah, and Adrian Brody. Yes, yeah. revisions to a manifesto uh, is Francis McDormand telling Timothy Chalamet's story. Yes. Uh, and then the private dining room of the police commissioner is Jeffrey Wright telling the story of Stephen Park and Matu Amelrich. Yeah, on a TV show hosted by Liev Schreiber. Liev Schreiber, yes. Who doesn't even get a name in the credits. No, he he's is TV host. talk show host. Yep, talk show host. Like Angelica Houston, narrator, and Shersha Ronan, principal showgirl. Well, that's what she is. Yeah. Um, Uncle Joe. <laughs> He's Henry Winkler. Uncle Joe. It's a very interesting role for Stephen Park. Like, he is, he's on the main cast list, and he has four lines. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm going to admit that I'm not a huge person of knowing Stephen Park. No, I, don't, I can't um, think of anything I would have seen him in. Jeffrey writes in a podcast. Ooh, get him on. The Batman Adventures audio series. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's very interesting how they... Stephen Park was in an episode of Law and Order. Oh, good. Of course he was. Probably Tilda Swinton was in an episode of Law and Order. She probably was. It's, it's a very... Yeah, it like I said when I came, we came straight out of the movie. It's Wes Anderson turning Wes Anderson up to eleven. Yeah, and it's also like, um, you, it's not like it's, it's not a amazing movie. I don't want to say amazing. It's not like you leave there going, oh, I can't believe that. It's just, it's a nice movie. It's a very well made movie. Yeah. It's a good story slash stories. There was a round of applause at the end. There was four people clapping. There was That's, I'm not calling that a round of sitting applause. Sitting just behind me decided that the He did the whole like the cinema should clap. And so he went to like force other people to clap and probably less than a quarter of the cinema goers applauded. I did not clap. I did not clap either. Not because I didn't like it, it's because they can't where's Anderson? And Timothy Chalamet cannot hear me clapping. No, I, I don't... You know what they can do? They can hear us talking about them on Two Drinks in a Oh, they can. And they can also hear ka Yeah, they can also hear... Thank you. Timothy Chalamet's just sitting there counting his money. I, I hope he has, you know, a good trust fund for whenever he turns 18. You think, though, the movies, the movies he's done, he wouldn't... Other than June now, yeah. I don't know how much money... He would have made from it. But he also just, I think, they just get money for being Timothy Chalamet. But well, the yeah, other side the... of things is that, it, like, Call Me By Your Name might not have made him a heap of money, but he never has to buy anything in his life. Yeah, Like, that's do you true. think you and I go out? We yeah, have to buy our drinks. Timothy Chalamet. Like, Chalamet. No, Timothy Chalamet never has to not buy another drink or line of cocaine in his life. Yeah. In LA. Or... And he survives Army Hammer. Yeah. 
Moving on. Um, <laughs> we did see him in the bath. It didn't look like Army Hammer had taken a chunk out of him or anything. Oh. Although there's not much. Maybe it's... You maybe don't, just like, nah, there's, there's no, no meat. meat on him. Like, <laughs> maybe, that's how he, maybe that's how you survive Army Hammer. Allegedly. 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 I haven't read the DMs. Don't at me or sue me. Um, because Odd Sox Entertainment does not have a very large legal department. No. So we can't afford to be sued. Um, I got it. I, I, I that's the thing. It wasn't. There's nothing to get. There's nothing to get. It's just a story about a stories. Yeah, and a stories. Yeah, I, I think that's all of his films. They're just stories. They're and nice stories what, that are quirky and funny that look good. Yeah, and have people sitting at the edge of the screen. And I think what random shit in the background don't get. Is that there's nothing to get? Yeah, you do, it, there's no message because it looks quirky. Yeah, people think, oh, there's some deep meaning here. I'm like, the that only, would so be something. Though. The only deep story is the life aquatic with Steve's issue because he's in a submarine. Well, I don't know. I can't well, remember is, that one. That, and that was a joke. Anyone who's oh. seen it, it's a deep submarine under the water. Deep. Oh, deep. deep. Oh, okay, got it. Okay. Wow. Jokes are much better when you have to explain them. Wow. Um. I think that's what people don't get about it is they try to look for this one is a bit quirky. What does it mean? When yes. really it's just telling a story of a mad murdering painter. Yeah. And that's a funny bit of story. It's telling the story of the stories of the writers in the French dispatch, right? Yeah. And the thing with these magazines and the New Yorker is the main inspiration was it would they were travel stories but they were also lots of fictional short stories were put in there and yes. so each of these stories is mostly true with some artistic license yeah as owen wilson introduces his story he says told to you with the grace of artistic license yes so they're not deep he's not making a huge social commentary on anything. They're just funny little stories. Yeah. Let's have a chat. An open, honest chat. Join best mates Lee and Jeff as they strip back everything, literally and figuratively, to have an open conversation about life. No pants, no problems. Make sure you subscribe on your favourite platform so you don't miss an episode. Join the conversation by following us on Facebook and Twitter at No Pants Pod. It was good. I saw like the um, use of black and white and colour and everything as well. I I couldn't work out why some was colour, some was not colour. My understanding was that when it was like the past, it was black and white. So when Tilda Swinton was saying, this is what happened in the prison with Benicio Del Toro, yeah. it was black and white. But present day is colour. Except for some little bits that were randomly colour. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like some bits of... Like when they showed Benicio Del Toro's artwork, it was colour. But then when they showed Benicio Del Toro's artwork, it was not colour. Well, because the artwork is current. Artwork lives forever. It yeah, is but not part. Sometimes it was not color. Well, when it wasn't finished. I don't know. I'm just making that up. Uh, I That was my understanding. But then when I was thinking of it on the way home, 
I was like, no, but then these couple little things happened. Yeah, there's a few. I'm. I just feel like he just picked sometimes to be color. I just well, that's the only reason I could really find was that it was like all of Jeffrey Wright's thing was black and white, except when he was on the TV show telling the story in the present. Yes, and yeah. then the cartoon bit. Yeah. Okay. That was my takeaway from that, and that is my understanding. Wes, if you're listening, um, please, please explain. confirm that I'm correct. So, or this I will is, not watch another one of your movies. This is a review from on the Google. Some guy's written, "My eyes hurt from trying to absorb all the visual stimuli that were so eloquently displayed before me for 107 minutes." Mm-hmm. First off, if you do not like Wes Anderson films, you can completely skip this trip. Yeah. His signature meticulously displayed fully framed shot that seemed to use every color to have ever have existed in the <laughs> yes. color palette. It was there was the bit at the start where they were kind of going through the Angelica Houston was narrating different writers yep. yep. or whatever. It was literally like Wes Anderson room number one. Yeah. Wes Anderson room number two. Yep. Wes Anderson room number three with Francis McDormand off to the side. Yes. But I think that it was good. And it's interesting that they shot it um, in 2018. Oh, really? Yeah. So they shot it um, in late a, 2018 in to the early city 2019. And um, which is actually French. Because it was meant to it was meant to be released at 2020 Cannes Film Festival. Okay. But got delayed because of this, I don't know, COVID? How do I pronounce that? I'm not sure what that means. Well, it's not real anyway, so don't worry about it. (laughs) Joking. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so then premiered at the Cannes Film Festival in 2021. Um, So, like, it says, um, began in November 2018, wrapped in March 2019. Bill Murray and Saoirse Ronan um, recorded their scenes in two days. Well, Saoirse Ronan only has two Saoirse lines. Saoirse Ronan goes, is that Morse code? Let me sing a song yeah. and grab you some radishes that you don't eat. Yeah, done. There you go. So, Ennui sur Blase, the home of the French dispatch, this is from the little magazine that we got given, mm. evokes a Paris that is no more and maybe never was, but it is actually the city of Angoulême, perched on a plateau overlooking the Charente River. The city is sometimes called the Balcony of the Southwest, but also La Ville de Limage and the capital of the comic strip for all of the colourful murals that cover its walls and for all of the artists within them. It's home to a comic art school, museum, and annual festival of animation. 900 mm. citizens worked as paid extras. They're, like, it's three films within the film, three and a half films within a film, and all of those films have full casts. Yeah, that's what's crazy. Like, the protest story, there's a full cast of student protesters, a full cast of riot police. Yeah. There's and then all later the on, inmates in the prison. Yeah. And they're all different people. It's yeah. Not, it's not a school play, Brett. They're not yeah, going yeah. to use 
Okay, so you're police officer number three, protester number four, and second police officer in the third story, number yeah. one. Yeah, like when I was cop, we like yeah. we were Keystone cops, <laughs> but I was also reporter number two, and yeah. I also played in the orchestra. <laughs> I was a Keystone. I was Keystone cop, um, like passenger number three or yep. something in the background, which is crazy that there's so many people in the movie, and literally some of them for seconds. In that, in the weird way that you know, Wes Anderson will have still shots. Yeah, you know, and of like, oh, the they're fight, all the standing there, frozen. Yeah, yeah, that's Which great. Is like, I, don't I love know. that. He's trying. That's to, what I mean. He's like, trying he's to trying resurrect the plank. The what's the mannequin challenge? Yeah, whatever. The no, shit that was. that's why. Like, if he was a hundred years ago, he'd be an absolutely outstanding playwright. Yeah. Because higher culture was higher in the 1920s. Yeah. Can you imagine him writing plays like this in the roaring 20s? Yeah. Do you want to hear a one-star review on Google? Oh, please. The film has been called a sophisticated farce at a frenetic pace. There's nothing sophisticated about it. It's incomprehensible (laughs) psychobabble rubbish. It is truly horrible, and the fact I was the only person in a giant cineplex theatre shows you that other folks have figured it out too. They took an interesting fictional premise and could have had a lot of creative fun with it. This person has never seen a Wes Anderson film before. Yeah. Obviously. At least I found another one on um, IMDb. At least the popcorn was good. Our popcorn could have been nonsensical and non-existent storyline, inane deadpan delivery dialogue, and constantly changing random visuals, heady snob bait for hip pseudo intellectuals to rave about, but a rare walk out for us and a few others. Oh, you didn't even see the end of the movie. You can't give it a rating. Didn't see the end of the movie. Well, it's a rare walk out for us and a few others. Also, okay, let's go. Speaking of walking out. Let's get this. Well, before we move on, like, you need to have an understanding of the film you're going to see, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah I yeah. don't watch a lot of previews. Pretentious right? claptrap. But for something, someone like Wes Anderson, I want to get an understanding of the film because I know it's not going to be your typical three-act written thing. Like, I don't need to look into what a Marvel movie is going to be. If I see a monster or a robot on the poster, I know what I'm getting in for. Yes. Something like yeah, yeah, Last yeah. Night in Soho that I want to see. I'm going to look a little bit into what's going on there. But, yes. And so I feel like this person who's said, the heart at the core of the three aforementioned films, Tenenbaum's Fantastic Mr. Fox and Moonrise Kingdom, is completely gone in this recent effort. The pacing is incredibly inconsistent, moving at an uncharacteristically slow pace for an Anderson film. Like, it's... I don't think the... What the pacing's not the, an issue because it's three little films. I don't... I don't... I didn't notice an issue with pacing. I don't really get... I don't really... What does that even mean? Like, just do films have to be at the same pace the whole time? Well, this person says, uh, moving at an un- uncharacteristically slow place for an Anderson film. I don't think it was For the majority slow. of the runtime, but then abruptly moving rapidly at the beginning end. 
Like, no, because the beginning is the introduction to the how to set up these three things yeah. of the anthology. Yes. And the ending is the ending. Like, the ending is just, really oh, yeah, and he died, and that's why there's ends. no... Yeah. It's beginning, whatever. Almost literally. So, people in the audience, oh. that person walked out. There was one person that walked out, I want to say, three times and missed about 25 half And an I want to say that person first walked out before Owen Wilson was on the screen. Yeah. And his was the first story. Yeah. Within the first 10 minutes, walked out. Almost, that was a different person that walked out of their row, almost tripped over and crashed into the wall. They did crash which into the wall. was hilarious. That was like, if that hadn't have been a person, I would have laughed louder than at any of the jokes in the film. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, um, but then at one point, it's like four people got up at the same time. Yep. yep. And I'm like, sit the fuck down. It's an hour 40. It's not, yeah, it's not a long movie. It's you, And you know before you go in that it's not going to be a two hour 45 yeah. epic. And it's, I think it's like what we said after the movie. It's like people aren't used to sitting down for that long. Yeah. Because everybody's been watching movies at home for the last year and a half that they... um. That they They're can used pause to pausing it. it. They can pause it and go to the toilet. Or they can yep. pause it and go get po- another fucking shock top. Like, you know, they can't do that at home. But no. you know what I mean. Well, you could because well, they were the selling them. Um, yeah. So it's just like, just sit down and enjoy it and stop distracting me. We, we have had incredibly restless audiences for the three cinemas we've it's, been to. I think it's the worst, the worst one of the three. No, I felt... Um, no Time to Die was a bit annoying. Actually. No Time to Die. Oh, I've been to the cinema four times. No Time I've to Die to was four. the worst because not e- not only did people get up and leave, but generally when they were sitting down, there was a lot of moving yeah, and, a and lot restlessness. Of eating of the popcorn. No, we've been to four. We've been to Respect, No Time to Die, Clockwork Orange. Oh, I forgot and, about Clockwork um, Orange because it's not new. Yeah, and now the only French movie Dispatch. I've seen since reopening that hasn't had people moving around is the last jewel that I saw at ten thirty in the morning on a Monday and there were three people in the cinema. So, so you're, <laughs> you're a millennial. I'm a millennial. What did you think of the last duel? I didn't Hang on, like say duel. Duel. Okay, well you say that the same way you say June. Duel. Yeah, like the singer. What did you think of the last duel? Um my hands are small, I know. But <laughs> because Ridley Scott is blaming millennials you know for not understanding the last duel. It's similar. Okay, it's kind of similar. It's similar-ish to French Dispatch. Yeah, it's a movie in three parts of okay. the same story. Okay, so the same story happens. There's Matt Damon's version. There's Adam Driver's version. Yep. And there's Jodie Comer's version. Okay. Which we're going to call the real event. All okay? right. It wasn't that good. Like, okay. it was just like, pick an, it's like pick an accent, Matt Damon. It's in, oh, Fran- really? it's in France again, but they're speaking American. Yes. And it's just like weird and it's just like random fighty bit. 
and it's slow. And I was just like, it's not as good as it thinks it is. Sorry, Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott's been really grumpy recently. You know what? Fucking boomers. I tell you what. <laughs> if you're going to come for a millennial. Okay, boomer. Okay, so French Dispatch. We haven't really said spoilers. It's not a spoilery the only movie. Spoilery thing. It's not like Bill I Murray think? was, you know, Bill Murray was dead the whole time. You find that at the start of the film. <laughs> it's just uh, no, I won't say. I wouldn't even call it a spoiler, in the Timothy Chalamet Francis McDormand bit. Yeah, no, but don't say it. But I won't say it. There's, um, it's very good. Jeffrey Wright and Tilda Swinton were above my expectations, but that I think is because I haven't seen a lot of Tilda Swinton. Yeah, Francis McDormand, Bill Murray, give you what you expect from them. Yeah, everyone, Owen Wilson so does, yeah. gives you that as well. Timothy Chalamet as well, really, is yeah. exactly what... If you were writing that part, you would write it for Timothy Chalamet. Yes. And if he wasn't avail- available, you would maybe see if Tom Holland could do something serious. He has. This isn't even that serious. Tom Holland has done something serious. He plays a military person. I feel like he plays a marine in something. Spider-Man, Guantanamo Bay does not count, <laughs> okay? Um, I would say come awards time, which isn't too far away. Yes. I would expect multiple nominations. Best... Oh, no, best picture, director, screenplay, cinematography, yes. production design, potentially... Actings are going to be hard to nominate because if you nominate Tilda Swinton for Best Supporting Actress, who is yeah. Best Actress? There isn't one. Yeah, and same with Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, there is no lead actrix. Um, we'll see. We will see. Jeffrey Wright or Tilda Swinton, Timothy Chalamet. They're the three I would... Um, submit for consideration. How many poison radishes out of five? Ooh, spoiler. Um, I want to do f- maybe a four. What do they drink? At the start of the film, they put a whole table of drinks together. There was something... That, that shot with like, the oyster in it. Like, yeah, no, not that. I'm not drinking that. Fuck off. But it was weird. The guy was making the thing for Bill Murray, walking it up. And then he drinks one of them himself, the rude bastard. He works there. I don't think he's necessarily a, like a servant. He's yeah. p- more part of the thing, and that becomes apparent as we go on. Bloody Mary oyster shooters apparently are the ones with oysters oh, in maybe them. maybe he was hungover, that's why. Yeah. Um, also, the only thing I would find awkward is the romance between Francis McDormand and Timothy Thalamay. Oh, that's a bit of a spoiler. Which is, um, uh, I don't know. Interesting. Interesting, weird. So... I'm going... Four, four, four. Four out of five. Four. I feel like it's one I could definitely watch again. It's just nice to watch, really. Yeah. It is very visually, like there's a lot on the screen. Yeah, it's definitely one of the things you prefer to see in an actual cinema. I don't think there's too much going on the screen. I don't think what's going on detracts from the acting. I just think he's filled it. With his aesthetic. Yeah, and you can see with his directing, he's very particular. Yeah. yeah. There was one bit with the moving cameras. He likes to do that. Yeah. That was really annoying me is when in Jeffrey Wright's movie, that's what yeah. I'm calling it, 
He was sitting on at the dinner table. The private dining room of the police commissioner. Yeah. And then, you know, they were like over there and he'd like look to his left and then he'd look to his right and the camera wouldn't kind of move back and forth. I'm like, this annoying me. Yeah. I get that's what you're I doing, liked Wes, it. but I it thought it was kind of annoyed me a, a bit. cool thing. Um, I was going to say something else, but I just forgot. Four, four Bloody Mary oyster shooters out of five for me as well. It's so uh, if you, well, it's the end of the episode, but if you like Wes Anderson, you'll like it. If you don't like Wes Anderson, you will not like this. A hundred percent. Thanks for listening to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. We will be back to our regular programming next week. Tuesday, we're going to do a little preview of what is coming for the month of the birth of the Christ child. Oh. Thank you, Brett. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Drink Cinema. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Please share with a friend and leave a rating and review. It goes a long way to help us reach a bigger audience. This show is produced by Odd Sox Entertainment. For more of Odd Sox Entertainment's work, including the show notes for this episode, follow the link in this episode description. Follow us on all your social platforms and join our Facebook group to connect with us. Thanks for listening. Happy watching and drink responsibly. Cheese.